Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Brian got a PS5, and we're going to talk about that, and only that, but probably not because there's other stuff to talk about. But before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. They come out on the off weeks of our normal uh, schedule of podcasting. But if you're a patron, you get to grab those the next day after we release a normal episode. You also get to listen to cool stuff from the guys from Horror Movie Yearbook. They got their Tiny Terrors. And then uh, Tim was doing another one on a roll or something like that, right? Yeah. So... If you're a patron, you get early access to those things. Although I think honor roll is Patreon only. Is that correct? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not? It's okay. still just early. So Gotcha. All right. Well, anyways, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel. Uh, it, it's like, I think, twitch.tv slash MidwestGamers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use your free Amazon Prime sub that you get from Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime and continue to give Jeffrey Bezos that money, you also get something in return via Twitch. And that's all. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. Uh, the Horror Movie Book Boys, they did not get an episode out this week. They are planning to do a Sam Raimi bracket as their next episode. But they did put out an episode of Multimedium that might be of interest to people who listen to Game Nerds because they talk about the Warriors, the movie versus the video game that Rockstar put out for the PlayStation 2 uh, quite a long time ago. So please check that and out. And Xbox. And Xbox. Uh, check that out. And then Midwest Film Nerds, we talked about Reminiscence, which is the latest movie from Lisa Joy, one of the creators of Westworld, as well as Loki and The Suicide Squad on our last episode. Please, it's a big one. Go check it out. Uh, that's like two things time. that I've actually seen, so I feel like I should probably listen to that episode. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. There are timestamps, so you don't have to listen to the full two and a half hours that it actually was. No, that's I let them rip, man. There you go. Go big or go um, home. But yeah, I don't know. We might be talking The Green Knight on the next film, Nerds. And like I said, the Horror Movie Book Boys have a Sam Raimi bracket in the offing soon. So, uh, yeah. Look forward to those in the future. I'm trying to lean cool. away from the mic while I take a, a drink of my beverage because the ice makes so much noise. Yeah, it's I like could hear that. Paisande. Oh, that's <laughs> when he takes a breath. Not, yeah. Chocolate rain. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah, just like that. Yep. Anyways, um, I played about five minutes of Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah, I played maybe 15. And that's about all I could give it. Uh, it just seems like a button smashing dungeon crawler thing with a weird boyfriend dating sim twist that I just cannot, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. So I just didn't. I, um, the thing for me is that it was very talky because it is part dating sim. So there's just a lot of dialogue and not as much dungeon crawling unless, you know, I, I assume as you get to some point, there's the, the ratio evens out a little bit more um but yeah i think the combat probably gets deeper because i think as you uh as you increase your 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 level with the different weapons it unlocks different skills that you can use and different things that the weapons will allow you to do um like i think the one that i saw was that if you uh if you dodge roll away from an attack uh, it allows you to counter quickly or something like that. Something like that. So, But hmm. I think every weapon has like 10 or so. Weapon slash boyfriend, of course, has like 10 or so different skills that it can you can ultimately unlock with it. But I, yeah, it's too, there was too much words for me. It, yeah, it was, to... it was like even the first, well, I mean, I guess every RPG is kind of dialogue heavy in the beginning. Yeah. And it does, very, it feels like an RPG to me, like, even though it's not like your standard RPG is dungeon crawler dating sim, however you want to look at it. But <laughs> yeah, it uh, 
I don't know. I just I tried like I, I Maddie Myers on uh, Triple Click said that it's like six hours long. And I was like, oh, six hours doesn't seem that bad. If I pop an hour in a night, like leading up to this episode, I'll have it done in three weeks. And so I tried and I just could not do it. So I gave up, which uh, I guess I'm just not that big of a game nerd anymore. I don't know. I'm, I couldn't nerd out over that once. It's, it's Game Pass, you know, like. You try yeah. it out. If you don't like it, you delete it. It's fine. But, it is uh, the nice thing about Game Pass. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I really like the music that was in like the menus and things I thought was very well done. I didn't look and see who did it and if it was like somebody who, uh, one of the developers or something like that. But I did like the music a lot. Um, I thought the art looked nice in a lot of cases. There's like... um it. It does anime cutscenes whenever you meet a new boyfriend slash weapon. The only thing I didn't like about that is the anime cutscenes were really cool, but then when they cut to like the stationary character, they looked like a little more derpy American. (laughs) And like I would have much rather it stuck with like the Japanese anime style character because I think it Mm -hmm. fits the game better. Yeah. And like Yeah, I just like the drawing that like I'm like, okay, clearly they probably did the anime cutscenes first and then like had some other Fiverr artist do the like the you know Or they wanted they, they, they wanted to stylize the intro video and then, you know. But yeah, I agree with you. I did like the way that the anime cutscenes kinda looked more so than uh than yeah. the actual portraits. Those, and those were cool. I dig that. If they would have stuck with that, maybe I would have stuck with the game, but those derpy looking faces just weren't quite the same for me, I guess. I yeah. don't know. So. No, overall, I think uh, if it sounds like something you're into, it might be fun. But uh, I, it was too many words for me to deal with. The funny thing is, is I can think of like four or five people that I think would be into this game. Yeah, like I can, I can, like, I'm not gonna call anyone out by name here, but maybe I will just send them a message and be like, "Hey, like, I think you'd really dig this, even though I can't." Well, yeah, but yeah, no, I think uh, I, I don't. There's nothing about the game to me that reeks of like it being made poorly. I think there's a lot of thought and consideration into it being in there, but also like John, I don't think you and I would play many dating sims anyway. Like honestly, cuz it's just to me it's a very boring kind of game. Yeah. I don't really care to like take people out on dates and try to improve my relationship with them. I have enough trouble doing that in real life like having maintaining relationships with i mean people. The, like the so dating like, sims are, are kind of like some of those skill check things in like uh disco elysium like i would have been done yeah. in the first 10 minutes like yeah. my character in a dating sim would have been like well clearly i'm not meant for this world and then i just go eat a bunch of pills like that's what it would be like <laughs> or you know die trying to get your tie out of the fan uh, yeah. yeah also also possible so i think i think that's mainly the reason that we probably bounced off of it is that we're not like big dating sim fans so if you're out there you like dating sims and you would be down to do some dungeon crawling i think uh i think it's i think it'd be a perfect game for you to try out so right now yeah Um, well yeah what have you played brian i have a whole slew of excuses as to why i never tried boyfriend dungeon even though i think i'm the one that suggested it (laughs) uh I was going to play, and then Psychonauts 2 came out in Game Pass, I think, around the same time. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I should try this instead. There's a lot of hype around that. I never played the first one, but I read, like, a little bit of a review, and it said that they sum up what happens in the first one pretty well in the beginning of the second one, I heard which it, is true. I heard it would behoove a lot of people to watch like recap video, a recap video of the first game, even, they even on top of what the game, the, the second one gives you, but yeah, I mean, they do go over it. I mean, they, they rush through it for sure. Like it's a very rushed, uh, explanation, but it's enough and it fits into the context of the game. And, uh, But, like, I wanted to try that out, and I played not that much of it, maybe, like, 30, 45 minutes, but I think I got the general idea of it. It's, uh, I feel like it's definitely geared toward an all-ages crowd, you know? Like, it's one of those games where you, it has, like, a assists where if you fail too much, it just skips a part for you and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you can turn those off. 
Like, I actually failed apart too much because I'm really bad at those type of platformers. Yeah, it's very much the PS2 generation platforming kind of yeah. game. You know, uh, uh, a little beyond, like, your Spyro and uh, not quite as good as a Mario, really, is kind of the way that I think of that swath of platforming video game, collectathon video game. Banjo-Kazooie, mm-hmm. I think, is another, like, standby of that time frame and... That's kind of why I never really got into the first one is because I never really like loved those games anyway. But. Same. Like I've always enjoyed, well, for people that don't know, it's from Double Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are like, I guess, headed by Tim Schafer. Right? Yeah. And uh, he is most well known from the uh, LucasArts heyday of graphic adventures. Like he... Did Day of the Tentacle and had his hand in a bunch of others. Full throttle, all those. Full throttle, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, that's a, a bonus to me. Like, uh, that, that is what attracts me to try Double Fine games. But what always puts me off with everyone that I've played is it has, like, the cool, like, the humor and stuff that I like. But it, it, it always has gameplay that it does, does not appeal to me. Like, I liked, uh, what was the one with uh, Jack Black? I can't think of the name. Brutal Legend. I thought that game was hilarious, and I really wanted to get into it, but then once it switched from, like, action game to, like, almost RTS, (laughs) like, I was like, I don't like this. This is too, like, weird for me. Mm. Like, it changes gameplay styles, like, and, uh, I mean, Psychonauts is just a lot of, like you said, like it's 3D platforming from back in the day and uh, a lot of collecting things, and which is fine, but it just doesn't really do it for me. And I don't, like, I think I heard the first game does have some puzzles and stuff. I assume this one does too, but I don't really, I didn't get far enough to have to really think too much. And I imagine the critical thinking involved is not, on the level of some of the older graphic adventures or yeah and, no, I, uh, i've heard a lot of people that really liked the first game are enjoying the sequel quite a bit and uh it's both weird and difficult that they're like making a sequel to a game that came out 14 years ago and mm-hmm. the fact that they're able to kind of seamlessly pick it up seems pretty cool so yeah i mean it helps that the like the, the art style like in the first game is pretty easy to just run with mm-hmm. on like modern systems and uh just you know make things a little shinier but keep things looking similar yeah and just round out the polygons and whatnot but yeah it had that kind of kooky like cartoony look to it that ages pretty well mm-hmm. um but yeah so then I was like, all right, guess I'll play more Destiny. Maybe I'll play Boyfriend Dungeon. But then Destiny's sitting right here, so I think I'll just play that instead when I'm sitting at my PC. And then um, an, an anonymous benefactor dropped a <laughs> PlayStation 5 off at my doorstep one day because I happened to be turning really old. <laughs> and... Uh, they may or may not be in this podcast. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I had yeah, to play I heard with that. the anonymous benefactor played stock flipping in order to get the money to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned $38 into $1,000. There you go. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Worked out for me. Really the good. The anonymous benefactor knows a guy who gets things. Yeah. It's kind of that a group. It was too. a group effort. Yeah. They may or may not also be part of this podcast. Yeah, but anyway. But I am grateful. And uh, also, though, I had the realization that there's still not very many PlayStation 5 games. Yep. Which is ridiculous. This has been out for, like, almost a year now. I feel like this is said every generation, though. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's exacerbated by COVID. But, like, you know, what was out in the first year of the PS4? Was there anything big? Destiny. That wasn't yeah. first year, but no, no, no. It, well, it was. It took a year. Like yeah, it, that was that was okay. like September. It came out in year, November. It came out in November of 2013, and then Destiny didn't drop until the following September. 
So I guess that counts. It's like within the first year, but it's still like at launch, like there wasn't much of anything. And it wasn't exclusive. Yeah, it's a multi-plat anyway, but like, I don't know. To me, it's like, there's a lot of PlayStation 5 games out there. You've got your Demon Souls, you've got your Miles Morales, you've got Returnal, you've got Ratchet and Clank. You know, there's a lot of different stuff that you can play. Deathloop is coming out in two weeks, and that's going to be the only place you can play it for a uh, year. PC. No. Yeah. Really? Same day, yeah. Oh. That's well. why I'm... See, I'm even on that one, I'm kind of torn, because I've played Dishonored games on PC and on console, and it's so much easier to play those games with mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So... But it would look pretty nice on a 65-inch TV. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's not a ton coming out right now. I think COVID has made things weird. But also, like, you know, there's still stuff for you to catch up on, too. Including games from the PlayStation 4 era. True, yeah. And I even, like, when I sold my PlayStation 4 in anticipation of getting a 5... You know, not too far down the road, but it turned us out it took a lot longer. <laughs> um, I uh, I kept a lot of my games that I had physical copies of, and uh, so that's cool. So I can play some of those, like Spider Man, but apparently I can't play the upgraded version, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, you gotta um, buy that, unfortunately. Um, but like. I borrowed uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, and that looks great. I mean, it doesn't even look like a last-gen game to me. It looks pretty current, especially I mean, it, it, when it looked running at 60 PS4. frames per second. Like, it, yeah. it, it looked incredible on a PS4, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> well, now game, it's that game's buttery, beautiful. buttery smooth on the PlayStation 5, of course. Here, real will... quick, while, while we were on the topic, PlayStation 4 came out in 2013. You had Knack, Killzone Ugh. Shadowfall, and Resogun. And then in 2014, you had Drive Club, Infamous Second Son, Little Big Planet 3, MLB Show, MLB 14 The Show, and the remaster of The Last of Us. These are just exclusives, right? Uh, yes. It wasn't until 2015 that you had Bloodborne. Oh. Like probably the first big. So it's that, like That's when I later. bought I bought a PlayStation to play Bloodborne. Yeah. And I wasn't disappointed. So I feel like we're still in the same like time track, especially if Horizon comes out in February, like it supposedly will. Yes. To be in like the same kind of cadence that See, we're looking what, at. What's funny is I remember I reserved the division version, like the division package of the PS4. Mm -hmm. And then when division got pushed, Amazon was like, we're going to just give you a PS4. And I was like, okay. Like, so I got like just the normal PS4, no package of any sort. Yeah. And and then I ended up buying the division on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, sorry, Brian. Um, so I played Demon Souls as well, because you let me borrow that. Mm -hmm. And um, that is very pretty. That's definitely a PlayStation 5 game. But, I mean, it plays like a game much older than uh, Bloodborne, because it is, you know. To me, I, I like, coming off of Sekiro, too, it feels very, like, your actions in that are very deliberate and slow. Like, Sekiro's just so responsive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's still intriguing. Like, I'm terrible at it, but I still want to go back to it. <laughs> That's uh, like a game. bad relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I must be getting something out of it, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so far it's like it doesn't click with me as much as like some of the other Souls games I played. Really? Like really, I find that yeah. surprising because I feel like you're the reason I got into all the other games and I'm like super into Demon Souls. I think I think Demon Souls has a very close lineage with Dark Souls 1, 2 and 3 whereas if you're coming from like a Bloodborne and a Sekiro kind of place 
it's not it's not necessarily a one-to-one like yeah it's a, a lot of the elements are there but in terms of just how those games play demon souls feels a lot more like a dark souls to me than it does like a bloodborne or, or sekiro so if you if you're coming off of sekiro going to demon souls i think there's going to be a difference but if you would have been coming off of dark souls games going mm-hmm. to demon souls maybe it's a little less of a jump but honestly like i feel like if you stick with it brian the other thing is is that it's structured very differently than those other games are with like the five different realms and you know having um multiple sections per realm and no campfires and things like that like it just it feels very different like it certainly is like it, it was the progenitor yeah. of those games so I, can, got- I can see that i mean it i kind of almost almost in a way i kind of prefer the demon souls like realm setup as opposed to the more open world ish aspect of of the of the dark souls games and bloodborne mm. simply because i like the idea that there is some structure there to kind of help like you could go like world one two three four and six i think because five is the one that's like busted out or whatever yeah. yep you could just do that or like you go online and you read about it a little more and they then people give you the order so in which like, you're supposed to. to. And, yeah. Yep. And I like I like kind of being pointed in those directions as opposed to just kind of like like the discovery aspect of Dark Souls is very cool in Bloodborne too. Like like just going through and like finding the secret passages or like the ways mm-hmm. to make shortcuts. Like all of that is really cool. But there's like the different types of enemies you get in each of the different realms, I think, make it interesting. And it's cut up. It's like broken up in a way that makes it a little more, I, I want to say palatable, I guess. Whereas like Demon or Dark Souls, you're just kind of thrown in the shit and like you kind of progress through it. And like the hard enemies are hard and it's all about just get good, you know. And I don't think Demon Souls is necessarily the same mindset like if they're they're you can see the lineage for sure but they are very different games yeah well other than the one like night that you guys that you told me was like super high level and i guess i'm probably not supposed to go that way yet you can beat him like but he like if you're not good like if you're not like fast at your at your dodging and parrying and everything like he will destroy you in one hit but like yeah, I have I, I have beaten him. It just I, it, I only beat him by cheaping the crap out of him with magic from like across the bridge, <laughs> and then I retreat far enough for him to start walking back, and then I hit him with like five more soul arrows, and then I back up again. That's all I want out of those games is just feeling like I'm cheating and like being as cheap as possible. <laughs> that's yeah, that's why Demon Souls and Souls games exist, in my opinion, is so that I can feel like I'm. So you can find some way to exploit the system. Yeah, yeah. So that like, I can, like I the can... one, like the one boss that's at the like you fight the blob boss or whatever at the beginning of like a Boletaria or whatever. Yeah. And then when you get to the second boss in that area, and you can just cheap him from up top with like magic spells. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's all I want. All you have to do is go around and kill all the other enemies first, and then you can do whatever the hell. It, it'll take you four hours to kill that guy, but yeah. it'll be so worth it when you're done. No, 100%. Like, it's the same reason that I, like, enjoyed Destiny at first, because it was like, hey, go hide under this bridge, and you can just fucking pot shot the Archon Priest, and he's going <laughs> to die after, like, seven hours. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. That's great game design. But, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you stick with it, and it clicks a little bit more, and... Yeah. Did you did you restart as a royal royal yet or no? No. It's okay. just like right now. Oh, the, okay. What I did do is I found like a I can't think of the word like a I think it's just well. Anyways, I found a sword. Okay. And it's much shorter. Like my character started with a halberd, and it's like mm. so long that if I'm trying to fight enemies in like a small hallway or on like a staircase i just hit the wall instead of hitting them which is ridiculous (laughs) because like i don't know what else to do you know 
Well, like, just do you run back down the long stairway and have them follow me? What is your preferred play style in these sorts of games? Because, like Alex said, he likes to cheese this kind of shit, and like I kind of found the game more enjoyable when I was the royal too, because I could cheese things when I wanted to. But he was also capable enough as a fighter that it, I could do melee up close if I wanted to. But if I felt like taking it slow, I could just stay in the back and shoot fireballs and shit. So, like, I guess. You need to kind of figure out what what your play style is for this game, and then, oh excuse me, try and find a build online, or like somebody doing a build walkthrough or something, and in that way, like you're playing in a manner in which you enjoy playing, and then maybe it'll click more then, or maybe yeah. it's just the scenery needs to click a little more. I think the second realm is is like really fucking cool, um, because it's all fire based, and there's like I, it's in like I a could desert. see that because then, like, right the, now all I'm doing is going through. Like either like a castle wall or like a winding staircase and just killing fodder enemies over and over again. And basically I just get frustrated that my weapon bounced off the wall, which made me fall down the tower or something stupid. And then I got to redo the whole thing and then they get careless. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. And that's the kind of thing that I guess I forgot about with these games because I still have like. I think more about like the fond memories of the satisfaction of beating bosses and finding cool shortcuts and stuff. And like that, that one specific spot I'm talking about is technically a shortcut, but it certainly doesn't feel like it. It I think it takes longer to get through that stupid tower with all the dumb enemies and their dumb fire shit than it does to just go the long way. Well, you don't have to use the shortcut if you don't want to. I am just used to shortcuts actually being shortcuts, like in Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. Well, eventually you get all the way around so that you unlock the other gate, I think. I noticed right? that. I was looking down there, and I was like, oh, there's like a bunch of items. Yeah, so. but then like even like on the main bridge, there's that gate to the bottom left, like as you're walking across the first bridge yeah. and you load in the level. And like that only opens if you're the right light level or whatever the hell, like you're the darkness yeah, the world, uh, the yeah, alignment really? or whatever the fuck it's your called world here. alignment has to be like as pure white as possible in order for that gate to open. And the only way to do that is to like never die. <laughs> like, oh, there's well, shit like that built into that, that game that wasn't that, aware of. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like you nobody knows that until you like actually start looking around online for like welcome how to play to, that game. Welcome to Souls games <laughs> where they don't tell you how anything works. Yeah, like how I to mean, find I, the gun in the beginning. I don't think I've gotten any higher than like 700 souls or something, which is pretty sad. And then I lost them all. And, but that's the thing is like you're so you're kind of just stuck in that intro part of the level. Like you haven't even yeah. opened the big gate to see the big blob boss yet. Yeah. See that, and that's the thing is like I I think maybe you're just playing it too careful in a way, you know. Uh, I because you can you can beeline it to that boss pretty fast, like if you know your way through the castle. But like if you're being extra cautious, like I can see well, where that would be a problem. Yeah, like I I think the thing is is that like you can't even you can't even spend those souls until you beat that boss. So <sighs> that's kind of the main thing is that like. Get to that boss and murder it, and then you can go back, and then you have to try and figure out what stupid child the game wants you to speak to to be able to unlock the ability to spend souls, because that's fun too. And then the game actually starts, so I feel I feel like, you know, it's it's not like you've, uh, I think it'd be a good time to switch to a different type of character if you, if you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten anywhere yet, so... I mean, like, I, I, like I went this. I went through this, like two or three different classes before I went online and was like, "What do I do in this game?" And someone was like, "Just be the royal; it'll be easy." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit, like I I think I looked at it on Google, and everybody's like, "If you want the game to be somewhat less challenging in some ways, pick the royal." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I I'd be okay with putting this game on easy mode." for once and trying to get far. And it's it's and that's the thing I is like it's still it, not even that it's not even that easy still. No. <laughs> Cuz like you'll run into shit that happens and you're just like what the fuck? Like where did those things come from and like why did that happen to me? And you're just like really confused. Just wait and till then, you meet the skeletons that like dodge roll towards oh you. Oh my and then god. Those guys are awful. They fucking <laughs> suck. They're mm. really fast and they literally just dodge roll to your location and then jump up and swipe at you with a sword and they're pretty much I think it's a two-hit kill by the time you actually are supposed to fight them. 
So, but then if you just send like twelve soul arrows as they're rolling their way towards you, then they're dead before they even get to you. You can do that, <laughs> and then as long as you have like a blunt weapon, you can smash them really easily too. too. So yeah. you just got to know all the secrets that the game doesn't tell you at all. That's the thing is that like these games are quickly becoming the type of game to me where I have more fun with it if I just read what the best way to do shit is, which is not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not, not really what they intended, but also kind of what they've lucked into with, like, you know, there's the people that are, like, the explorers that actually go out and figure the shit out. And then there's the people like me that are like, how do I just make sure that I can destroy these things without that much effort? And Well, you know. well the great thing about the explorer types who are on YouTube making all their, like, build videos and stuff is, like, they, they just, like... Not only have they found, like, the most efficient means of doing pretty much anything in the game, but, like, they're, like, super descriptive, and they dig into the lore a little bit, which is really cool, and, like, mm -hmm. those videos are fun to watch, because you're, you're seeing these guys who are, like, I mean, never get hit, like, ever. Yeah. And they literally know how to dodge everything and parry this and, like, strike with that and shoot fireball and whatever, and it's just, like, incredible. It's like watching a speed run of, like, a normal game. But it's somebody just playing Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne or whatever with like, they are so proficient at playing the game. It's just enjoyable to watch somebody that good at something, you know? Yeah. Yep. So anyways. Yeah. What what else? You, you said, uh, did you try Astro's Playroom? You said? Uh, yeah, a bit. That was cool just to see what the controller is capable of. Yeah. Which... How do you feel about the haptics? It's pretty awesome. Um, and I uh, I definitely just feel like that's one of the most solid, comfortable controllers I've ever used. Like, it's very nice. It's a little bit heavy, but it doesn't like... True. It Like, the feel of it in your hands is very nice. The, the battery life is still pretty garbage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to, like, play games I actually care about that use the haptics. Uh, Astro's Playroom is fine, but it's not really my style. Yeah, I mean, it's just a standard platformer with collectibles or whatever. It's nothing yeah. special. But it's just, it's simply there to show off the controller. It's, it's very uh, nice looking, too. Yeah. Nice and shiny. All that fancy ray tracing. Mm-hmm. So, well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Horizon more than anything. But I may... I may try Deathloop on it, because it's not like it's a competitive shooter, so I can probably just get by with a controller. Yeah, I think I'm probably just going to stick to, like, all my single-player games I'm going to start getting on console, just so I have a reason to play my console, and then, like, multiplayer stuff I'll keep on PC. Seems like a good division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, what other... We haven't really... Nobody's played anything else, really, have we? I have played... I've I've beaten two Metroid games and I'm almost done with the third. Okay. Um I decided to go back and uh work my way through the Metroid series since Metroid Dread will be out in about a month and a couple days here. Um and so um the interesting thing is like I've never played the original I've never played the original Metroid to completion on NES. Um it's a little bit too archaic for me. Like, the thing that really stops me from being able to play that game is probably the password system. Because I can't not be able to save in a Metroid game. <laughs> and also, there's no map. So it's like... Oof. It's just tough. I am lucky in that they have... Uh, they released a, a, a remake for the GBA called Metroid Zero Mission. So Metroid Zero Mission came out for the GBA about 15-ish years ago. It is a remake of the first game, but it's not only a remake, and some of the things that I learned about it this time is that it's actually an expansion of the game um, because they put out a novel after the NES game came out that had... A, it was a choose-your-own-adventure with Samus that had some of the events of the first game and then had like certain routes that you could take through it. And so the remake, and also in Super Metroid, there's like a crashed ship on the planet that you work your way through in Super Metroid. They took that ship and incorporated it into the first game because it was a part of this novel. 
and allow you like the the whole final third of the game includes upgrades that are more common to super metroid and the games after it metroid fusion is the only other one and um with things like the gravity suit and the power bomb and like a few other different things and so the final third of the game is all stuff that is completely new and not included in the original nes metroid and i didn't realize all of that at the time i think i knew that it wasn't like in the original game, but I didn't know that it was actually kind of incorporating stuff that was still from the past of the series. Um, but those GBA Metroid games are like the some of the best versions of Metroid in terms of like quality of life, being able to grab onto ledges really easily and um, getting different um, you know abilities that allow you to like use a spider ball so you can actually crawl up walls and things like that, that type of stuff. And Zero Mission is just, like, a, a great encapsulation of what the future of the Metroid series is going to be. And so, on top of that, Metroid 2 is a game that came out for the Game Boy back in the day. And I had never played until Metroid Samus Returns came out for the 3DS. And I talked about that previously on the show when it first came out. I think I beat it uh, while I was in Japan for work. Um... And I didn't realize how much of that game is actually like a pretty, it's, it's kind of as close to a reimagining of Metroid 2 that you can get. Cause like they remix the map a bit, they move things around, they added the whole melee counter system, like the parry system. So it's a little bit more soulsy for those of you that like souls games, but haven't really played any Metroid lately. Um, mm. like you literally like if a monster goes to attack you and there's like a point where it flashes, then you hit it with the melee button and it stuns them and auto points Samus to the, the monster. So she'll just shoot directly at it. Cause otherwise you're holding a trigger to give you to plant Samus in her space. And then she has full 360 degree range around her with the gun, which is kind of like from Metroid NES, you had basically four directions. You could shoot up, down, left and right. And then with Metroid, Super Metroid, you could do eight directions. So you had the diagonals incorporated as well. And then finally, by the time they got to this 3DS game, you have actual 360-degree control around Samus. And I think the parry system and that 360-degree stuff is being incorporated into Metroid Dread, which is cool. Um, The new one that comes out next month. And so I think if anybody hasn't played Samus Returns on the 3DS, it'd be a great time to do that. Um, it might be expensive to find a 3DS, so I'll have you know that um, I legally own a copy of the game and a 3DS, so I just played an actual emulated version on my PC. There's a 3DS emulator called the Citra emulator that runs the game quite well, especially on modern hardware. I was able to run it at, I think, 10 times resolution, so it looked very smooth compared to what the original resolution was. <laughs> and... Um, it's uh, It was pretty good, and being able to use save states is also good as well. So I think right now is a good time to play that game and prepare yourself for Metroid Dread when it comes out next month. And I just, I don't, we talked about it a little bit, but like Metroid Dread is a code name for a game that's been worked on since after Metroid Fusion came out. Like That was the rumored next game in the Metroid series was Metroid Dread. And apparently there were several prototypes made and eventually it was put on ice. And then after Mercury Steam made the remake of Metroid 2 for the 3DS, the founder of the Metroid series was like, you guys should make Metroid Dread. And so now the game that's coming out is from the same developers as the Metroid 2 remake. And that's why it carries a lot of the elements over and should be pretty cool to to check out. And I'm pretty psyched for it. So I'm going to, I'm like partway through Metro super Metroid right now. I've been playing that on my mister. I played uh zero mission on the mister as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the mister is very cool and super Metroid. Very good. Interestingly enough, because the mister is like all about, um, perfect emulation in a lot of ways, the people who made the SNES emulator for it, only allow you to save the state of the cartridge instead of saving states as in where you are exactly in the game. So you can only save if it's a game that has a save on it, 
Like, if the cartridge allows you to save the game on it, like Super Metroid did, you can save using the save rooms, and then you have to save the RAM from the game in order to keep your save on the actual ROM. So, it's kind of interesting, but... Um, planning to play through Fusion as well, and then I have a copy of Other M for the Wii that I never opened, because that game supposedly is very bad. But I might finally break it open and give it a try and see how that is. And, um, you know, I may or may not, depending on how much time I have, I may or may not work through some of the Prime games as well. I'm in a very big Metroid mood right now. Clearly. I'm hyped for, for Dread. And I hope it's uh, I hope it's good. And, Are you uh, dreading that it may not be? Not really. No, I honestly like the Metroid games. To me, are just it's it's a it's an interesting way that they've developed. Especially like I was saying, like the first one, not having a map and things like that. It's like they didn't really realize what the exploration of a Metroid game would really mean until they got to Super Metroid, and then it kind of took on a different form and became more about like the traversal through the room is a little bit more of the challenge rather than like some of the fighting that you're actually doing you know the Mm -hmm. enemies get in the way but the fact that like you have to figure out how you're going to be able to speed boost through this room to then like shine spark up through the ground to get to this secret item or something that's up above like all that type of stuff i think is is really really cool and they did that really well in the remake of two and i think Dread hopefully will have some of the same. The only thing that worries me about it is that the director of the game, and from what it looks like, you're going to have somebody following you around like Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. And so I'm hoping it's not stressful, but that's where the dread comes from. Literally. Uh, That sounds pretty stressful to me, man. Yeah, so... We'll have to see. Like, I assume at some point there's going to be a point in the game where you can actually fight off whatever it is that's actually... Like, I think they did show that. Like, there's eventually ability that you get that basically you get one ammo for it every once in a while, and it allows you to, like, stun the robot that's actually chasing after you. I, uh... You guys never played far enough into Prey, like the newer one Mm -hmm. um, from Arcane. And that game had a mechanic like that, too. Basically, Mm -hmm. if if you used your alien powers too much this huge thing called a nightmare would come out and Mm. start hunting you down and it was pretty terrifying it was pretty hard to hide from and uh or you could try to take it on that whole game kind of gave you the creeps though man with all the the mimics and shit like (laughs) yeah when a mimic can be a coffee cup on a fucking desk (laughs) yeah you're literally walking around smashing everything with your crowbar or whatever that's what i did oh no i was save scumming (laughs) <laughs> I would just save, and then I'd walk into the room and be like, what's going to turn into an alien right now? And then I'd reload, and then I'd just shoot them all with a shotgun. That game's definitely worth playing through. It's That's a Game Pass one. Yeah, now it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I bought it after we had talked about it um, a little bit, and, and I played through a little bit more, but um, I, it is one that I want to go back to, because I did like it a lot. It's just... Uh, Stressful. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, no, Metroid Dread should be sweet. I'm excited to talk about it next month. Um, And yeah, the the Dread thing is actually the reason why it's been delayed so much, is that the creator wanted to incorporate that kind of Mr. X following system, but the the DS, which is what Dread was being developed for originally, didn't have enough power to run that kind of system. That AI and the programming required to do that type of thing. So now that the Switch is out, they revived it and figured out a way to do it. Should be nice. cool. But yeah, that's it. For cool. Me. Yeah, I don't have anything else in gaming that I've played. Just five minutes of Boyfriend Dungeon. That's it, man. That's well, it. that's right. There's plenty of news that we can talk about. Um, Jeff Keighley had a games Gamescom opening night live presentation where a lot of different stuff was announced. So we'll run through a few things real quick here. Uh, There's a Saints Row reboot that's coming out this February. Uh, Supposedly more grounded, but not grimdark. But uh, I don't know what you guys, how you feel about the Saints Row franchise. I loved three. That's the only one that I actually really played that much of. Brian, did you play any of those? Um, I played through three completely. I think I did everything in that game cooperatively, Mm -hmm. which was a blast. Way more fun than I've had with any GTA game, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
and played through four in the same way, but not four's expansion. Um, that was like the get out of hell, I think. Yeah. Where you literally go to hell. Yep. To get Johnny Gat. But yeah, I'm excited for the, the reboot for that. I think it's going to be really cool to like scale things back a bit again, because as fun as it was that they got as ridiculous as they did, mm-hmm. there's just nowhere to take it after you, you know, go from living in a crack house to like being president of the United States and taking on aliens and then going to hell to kill the devil or whatever. <laughs> well, and now's their time to really capitalize. I think this is kind of almost like a torchlight Diablo situation where it's like, because rockstar is literally only going to be making grand theft auto online for the rest of its time. Uh, Probably. Unfortunately, there's, there's space for grand theft auto games to exist. And if saints row can step in and kind of fill that void, um, more power to him. Um, Amazon's got their MMO New World. There's an open beta beginning in September, so if you want to melt your uh, 3090, feel free to boot that up. <laughs> uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming out uh, soon. They showed off a bunch of new like VR missions and like racing things that you can do. There's all kinds of weird stuff in this game. This game somehow got weirder. Um, that's coming on September 24th, and I think it's a $10 upgrade for PS4 owners. So... Well, I never played that game, so maybe I should play that on my PS5. That would be a good one to play. Um, Horizon Forbidden West officially pushed back. I guess it wasn't... I don't know if it ever really got a release date, but uh, it is now coming in February 2022. Um, more on that later, but it will arrive on both PS5 and PS4. Uh, V is a new game from the Black Desert Online developers. Uh, John, did you see this one? Yeah, I saw the <clears throat> so I watched like the end gadget like this is the Gamescom thing in 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And I caught the trailer for this real quick and uh, it looks really interesting but I don't I didn't quite understand what it was. Yeah, and I don't really know if they know what it is. Um the it, it basically uh Polygon and a lot of the internet has been describing it as like a Pokémon meets Splatoon. Yeah. sort of situation. Um, the art looks really cool. It looks nice, but yeah, yeah it's got it's... a really great styling to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what it is. I never checked out black desert online. I know it was kind of standard MMO fare from what I can understand. Um, but there's also like skateboarding and stuff in this game. I don't know. It looks, it looks cool. Well, that's and interesting. I didn't hear about of, that. Yeah. It's got a lot of like, it's very stylish. Um, might huh. be a little anime. That's the thing is like it's a very Japanese feeling game, like all Definitely. around. <laughs> yeah, what the like, hell? It's that? just a little bit of everything, and like I, there, I haven't seen any tentacles yet, but I know there's going to be tentacles in this. Like, <laughs> but it's it's extremely Japanese, which is, I mean, that's not a bad thing to say. Like, it's just it, there's a lot going on and a lot to mm-hmm. dissect, and I just don't feel like. I don't feel like you're ever going to really understand what this game is looking at trailers. You have to play it kind of thing. Much yeah. like Death Stranding, also a very Japanese game in many ways. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, Black Desert Online was like, there was a lot thrown at you all at once. It was hard to like pick at. I, I have Black Desert Online and I've only played it for a few minutes. But Same. Yeah. The character wow. creator in Black Desert Online is incredible, though. I will say that. Well... Here's hoping Doke V also has. Yeah, it's it's cool beautiful looking though. It definitely looks really nice. Yeah, definitely an incredible looking game. Um, Sword and Sorcery creator Jet the Far Shore is their new game, uh, and this is one that was revealed at a PlayStation event a while back. This is coming out this fall. Uh, I think trailers that we'd seen previously were pretty like uh, they didn't really show much off, but this game honestly looks pretty sweet. I'm kind of excited for it. It looks kind of like a space exploration ish type game. And it seems like there's a lot of, like, lore and stuff built into it from what I was hearing. I think there's a few people that have gotten early builds to play right now. Uh, I think I heard the guys on Waypoint talking about it. It looks great. Definitely want to check it out. Um, They're putting April O'Neil into the new Ninja Turtles beat-em-up, Shredder's Revenge. So you can actually play as April O'Neil. She's got her, she's got, like, a microphone and she takes out the camera for, like, her... Um, crash attack when you pick up like the bomb pizza. <laughs> so that's pretty sweet. That's amusing. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, did not look at Midnight Fight Express, but I heard some people talking about it. Sounds like it's about beating people up, which is always fun in video games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, looks kind of cool. Couple more things. Oh yeah, this is one. This is a game that's made by like one dude too, right? Like I'm I pretty sure it's, it's like right. it was like made by one guy, and like it yeah, has these really Jacob cool Dwinzel. physics looking Zou- like like beat him up kind of thing going on. Zwinell, I don't know. Yeah, no, it. Uh, yeah, that it looks really cool for, and it's coming to Game Pass, of course. So check that out uh, when it comes out. Um, there's a new Halo Infinite. Elite controller and Xbox Series X that went up for pre-order and was purchased by everybody immediately, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, there's a Super Monkey Ball game that's getting somebody from Persona 5 in it, so that's fun. They showed off Call of Duty Vanguard uh, gameplay, which is the name of the new Call of Duty game. And then uh, the XCOM team showed off their new Marvel game based off of the Midnight Suns comics. Now spelled S-U-N-S because there's women on the team, I assume. Um, but yeah, it looks like, uh, from what they said, it's not going to be very XCOM-y at all. There's it's a, it's a like, card-based uh, tactical shooter game. Yeah, so it sounds interesting. I might check it out. I'm not necessarily like big into like the mystical side of the Marvel stuff, but it's got Blade in it. So yeah, I'm I don't sure understand the lore, but I'd like to play it because Blade's in it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the the roster looks pretty cool. Like, I'm not super into uh, Marvel stuff in general, but, like, I dabble here and there, and I like some of the characters they have involved in this. And I love XCOM, so I'm definitely, I'm down to play this. Yeah, I'm. it's just cool to me that they're... Uh, there's like a AAA weird Marvel game that's kind of coming out, and then it's not like a mobile game. Probably isn't going to have blind boxes or shit in it. So, uh, I, I read more recently that uh, it is going to have some like card mechanics to it as well. Yes, yeah, yep. yeah. The, the, the character gameplay, abilities a, are card based. There was a gameplay reveal that came out this uh, earlier this week that showed off some of that card mechanic stuff. But which... there, honestly, there wasn't too much to it. It was like a two minute video, so they didn't really like uh, show too much of it. But it's uh, yeah, no, so, it looks cool. Solid development team, so I'm sure whatever they come up with will be cool. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's most of what came out of Gamescom one uh, opening night live. Uh, there's a lot of good write-ups out there. There's a few other things that I skipped over, but uh, check it out if that type of stuff interests you. Um, backtracking to Horizon Forbidden West, there was a bit of a snafu here. Um, Sony announced pre-order stuff earlier this week, and basically there was no way for you to upgrade the PS4 game to the PS5 at the time. You had to buy the $80 digital deluxe edition or above in order to get both copies of the game. Um, despite CEO Jim Ryan saying at some point last year, or earlier this year, yeah, last year in the uh, Washington Post, he said, quote, we have an upgrade path for PS4 users to get the PS5 version for free. <laughs> so, um, now they have backtracked. There will be a free PS4 to PS5 upgrade, but in the future there will be a $10 next-gen upgrade fee for Sony first-party games, including things like um, the new God of War and Gran Turismo 7. So, uh, good that they reversed course on that, especially after coming out and saying that they would have a free upgrade available for people. I think their original thoughts were that this was going to be for games that came out in the launch window, and Horizon Forbidden West is taking a little bit longer than that, but even though it got pushed out, they're now deciding to give it for free. So, Cool. Uh, John, you posted this one about The Lion King. From the yeah. 90s, the SNES version of The Lion King, um, and how difficult it was, which is interesting. Um, well, the reasoning behind it being difficult is what's interesting, because Disney, yes. <laughs> Disney purposefully had the developer make it difficult enough that it could not be beaten on the first rental period, mm-hmm. so that people would have to continuously rent the game to try and beat it. <laughs> This is apparently a very common practice because I believe the North American version of like the first Resident Evil is actually harder than the Japanese version for the same reason. Oh, I believe it. And so I think that happened quite a bit with some of these games. But I remember having the Lion King game for my Game Gear. 
and I don't think I ever get past like the second or the first level. Like it, then it wasn't even necessarily. I, yeah, I never. I like, don't think we ever got past like the um the wildebeest run. Was like the point yeah. where everybody got stuck. I don't know. Like I didn't. I never knew where to go to finish the level. I think. But I also weird. think that the Lion King game and I think the Aladdin game as well, all came out for Genesis, Super Nintendo, and Game Gear and Game Boy, and they were all completely different games. So like yeah. you couldn't like translate what you learned from one to the other, in any way, shape, or form. Probably again another way to get you to keep renting them. You know. Yeah, well, and I think the interesting thing is, like, the Aladdin game for Genesis, like, they they were literally different developers, too, is yeah. my understanding, I think. One of them was, like, Capcom, or maybe Capcom did both, but it was two different teams, that type of thing. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> but, no, yeah, that's that's great. That's certainly a thing that doesn't really, you know, it's not like they were tuning games for the rental market up until a couple of years ago i don't think they did that anymore but i'm sure they're still underhanded bullshit for a lot of the monetized video games right of course but no that was cool um blizzard is renaming mccree the character <laughs> in overwatch because he was named after jesse mccree one of the people who was let go from the studio in the wake of a sexual harassment and gender discrimination lawsuit from activision blizzard uh their statement which was put out on Twitter, is pretty good. We built the Overwatch universe around the idea that inclusivity, equity, and hope are the building blocks of a better future. They are central to the game and to the Overwatch team. As we continue to discuss how we best live up to our values and demonstrate our commitment to creating a game world that reflects them, we believe it's necessary to change the name of the hero currently known as McCree to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. We realize that any change to such a well-loved and central hero in the game's fiction will take time to roll out correctly, and we'll share updates on this work at, on on this as work progresses. In the near term, we had planned to kick off a narrative arc in September, supported by the with the new story and game content, of which McCree was a key part. Since we want to integrate this change into that story arc, we will be delaying the new arc until later this year. And instead launch a new FFA map this September. Going forward, this is the this is this is my favorite line. Going forward, in-game characters will no longer be named after real employees, and we will be more thoughtful and discerning about adding real-world references in future Overwatch content. <laughs> did they That's learn? Like, did they learn nothing from Ghost Recon Wildlands? Well, no, it, it, I what just, happened like, with that game? The, the entire country of Colombia now hates uh, Ubisoft. Bolivia, you mean? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah Bolivia, wherever it was. Yeah, yeah no, good point. Also, like, you know, they're like, hey, we're not going to name people after our employees anymore because we don't know who's sexually abusing yeah, other people. We don't yes. know where the predators are. We're just going <laughs> to so, assume that everyone works here. Everyone's a predator. A predator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a nice world we live in. Uh, all of the Activision Blizzard stuff is weird. It's the a Call mess. Of Duty, I, I heard Christian Spicer on DLC was complaining, not complaining. He was just the the Call of Duty trailer that they showed was like Call of Duty presents Call of Duty because they didn't want the words Activision Blizzard to appear on the trailer anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like uh, you could just like, left yeah, it out gonna, altogether. Just have the title card announce, like. This is, is like they're going to announce that Activision Blizzard is now named Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, interesting about the renaming of McCree. Honestly, I don't care. And I think anybody who plays the game also shouldn't care very much either. Because, like, you know, whatever. Who cares? Maybe he can get a better name. I saw a good tweet that was like, I don't remember who it was. But they're like, McCree's new name is now Aaron Black 2. Because that's the name of the cowboy character from Mortal Kombat that came out before McCree did in Overwatch. I like mm. that very much. But yeah. Uh, finally, PC Gamer has a story about James McAvoy being so hooked on Oblivion that he had to burn the disc. <laughs> uh, he was working on Becoming Jane at the time, which is a movie with Anne Hathaway. And the article says, he's got a quote here, I'm like having to go to bed at 10 a.m. because I'm getting up at 6 a.m. every morning, McAvoy explained, and I've got tons of lines, 
and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just staying up until four in the morning, just playing Oblivion. And then they say it came to a head when he pulled an all nighter that ended at 5:35 a.m. ten minutes before our car arrived to take him on the set. Coming <laughs> to a drastic solution, he turned on the gas stove. "Quote: I just put the disc on it and watched it sort of like singe and melt a little bit. And I was like, right, we're done. We're over it. Never again." <laughs> That's so I found this particularly amusing because we had just talked about him in some capacity on yeah, our podcast. Yeah, minutes, yep. Yeah, yep. that's right, yeah, for that. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, the article does go on to say he's back to playing video games. Nowadays, he's playing Call of Duty Warzone to keep in touch with his friends during the pandemic. Uh, he said, me and my boys were all 40-something dudes with gray hair, bald spots, and all sorts of shit. We now talk every two or three nights playing Warzone, and we talk about life, love, and everything while getting absolutely annihilated by 12-year-old children from other countries. <laughs> That's amazing. He seems very in touch with real life. Absolutely. James McAvoy seems like a cool dude. So Maybe they can name McCree James McAvoy. There you go. Seems like a good idea. Except he'd be like, I don't want to be associated with all those predators. <laughs> Uh, he's like, I like Call of Duty, but uh, don't don't put me in with those Activision Blizzard folks. So, but yeah, that's it for news. Cool. What are we doing next? <sighs> Deathloop is out a week from tomorrow. There's something else that was coming out pretty soon too. I don't remember I'm what. Probably going to pick up Deathloop. I know Brian said he was probably thinking about it as well. I uh, yeah, I saw one article where they like. They were saying that um, whoever was playing it um, said that they were actually getting into it for once, and they because they had bounced off of Dishonored and stuff. But something about Deathloop worked for them. Yeah, so. I, w- I want to give it a try. I'm wondering if removing it, removing the Arcane Studios game is that is that Arcane? Yeah, yeah, removing Arcane Studios gameplay from the uh, Middle Ages style milieu. And into a more contemporary style might be enough for me to not bounce off of it. So um, should be. I, I want to give it a try. So I'm planning on it. Um, there's a WarriorWare game coming out on on the 10th as well, which I never really played any of those. But yeah, John, did you? Was there something else that you found or no? No, I thought that Stray game was coming out, but apparently got delayed until 2022. Oh. Along with everything else in the world. Yeah, but I was looking forward to that because I feel like it's been pimped in my YouTube like feed for like the past couple of weeks. Like it was coming up, and maybe that's just why it's because they delayed it again. I don't know. Um, that was the cat game. Yeah, right? it's like the cyberpunk cat game where you you play as a cat going through like a dystopian world or something. It looked really cool. It's a PS5 exclusive, I think. Yeah, that that sounds cool. Uh, and then there was another also, game coming there's out. There's also a Steam page for it as well. So I don't like, know if they have a release date for it yet, but um, there's a game called Aztec uh, Forgotten Gods that I just saw the trailer for. Let me see if they, I don't think there's a release date for this either. Uh, a quarter Q1 one, 2022. 2022. So this yeah. game, the trailer's dope. Like it looks really cool. Um, and the music is like sick. Like it had like it's like some like serious prog rock like metal music and i'm like if the whole game has this music set to it like i would totally play this because it was super epic um but yeah that's that got pushed back too it looks like everything's gonna get pushed back we're not gonna get any new games by the end of the year it's all everything's delayed the world's delayed stuff coming out right now but yeah i think uh i think after deathloop i don't know that there's anything too big though i am considering picking up uh, Death Stranding director's cut just because I kind of want to I want to get might, back into that game I might too even though I finished it I might check out some of the new stuff that they're bringing into yeah. it just need to clean up. I gotta clean up my game room it's a bit of a mess right now yeah. now that it's cooling down again like it'll be I mean the new AC up here is nice and all but it's just loud and I'd rather not have it going all the time I got yeah, yelled we, at for the energy bill being kind of high so uh, there you go. Our electric bill's I, uh, never been this high before. Well, is that a is there a never problem? Been this hot. Like, just let me <laughs> let me pay it. I'll pay the electric it's, bill. Uh, it's called climate change. Yeah. There you go. The whole point of having air condition is to use it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, true. that's what you don't realize. Just turn it on all the time. 
and I mean, this is this can be saved for side quest, I suppose. But like the thing that most people don't understand is like if you don't have it running and then you turn it on, it it like has to work harder mm-hmm. to keep it cool than if you were to just have it on all the time in a reasonable manner. So, I mean, I, yeah. Otherwise, like it's just gonna run all day until it feels until your thermostat feels like it's seventy degrees in your house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's got to I mean, like that central point in your home has to feel like it's seventy degrees for the thermostat to kick off. Yep. Anyways, doesn't matter. None of this matters. If you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out midwestgamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. The perks to joining the Patreon is you get the early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. You also can get access to our Discord server, private Discord server, to speak directly to all the hosts on the network. And we talk about movies and food and and, uh, video games and music and all kinds of awesome stuff. So be sure to check that out. And uh, as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, yeah, we're Twitch affiliates. Join that up. Subscribe to Twitch. And uh, yeah, take some money out of Jeff Bezos' hands. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.